Hey, welcome back to the Stacks of Cash podcast. Uh, David Duncan, have Jay Cohen here with me again for the first episode of 2022. Where did the last year go? I have no idea. It's already February, by the way. Um, and so we're happy to be back. And, you know, a lot has been happening since that calendar has turned into 2022. And you've probably noticed that in the news. But Jay and I want to take a moment just to give you a brief market update and and share our thoughts on what's happening. So Jay, welcome to 2022, my man. What is going on in the market and how should the people listening be processing it? Well, Dave, it's great to be back and you know, I don't I don't know about you, but uh, as I look at 2022, despite the volatility to start with, I'm optimistic. I feel good about where where we're headed more on a macro basis, on a long-term basis, okay? And so really kind of what we want to cover today here, there are three things. And the first thing is, is what in the world is going on in the market? Like a lot of, lot of gyrations, that's number one. Uh, secondly, why is that a good thing? You know, why is it good? Why is a little you know rough ride good? Right. And then the third is you know what do we want to keep an eye on? You know what do we want to advise our listeners to focus on? And and everybody listening, uh, you know the the thing that we really hope you gain from these podcasts is a sense of confidence, a sense of calm as you are investing your hard earned money and trying to develop a nest egg. I mean, that's really what we're trying to do here. So why don't I jump into the what's going on, Dave, and then then we'll just kind of go back and forth and mm-hmm. and go from there. So what's going on? Well, I think in order to understand that, you really have to see what went on in the last couple of years. You know, if we go back to the beginning of the pandemic, pretty much in March of 2020, the market in a couple, three-week period was down almost 35%. It was the fastest drop of 35% in the history of the country. It's amazing. Yes. And it was, you know, it was such a quick downdraft, you almost didn't even know it because Mm -hmm. the upturn occurred really, really rapidly. And, you know, there's some stocks out there you could have bought, uh, Zoom, DocuSign, Microsoft, and others that that were just extraordinarily cheap, Mm -hmm. that were multi, multi baggers. Okay. And so uh, that's 2020. And then, so you had this volatility, right? You had this huge downdraft. We recovered all of it. And I believe we ended up in the single digits, high single digits for 2020. Well, yeah, uh, I think it was it? a 16% return oh, for, the six, S, for the S&P wow, 500 okay. in 2020. So it's so a round trip from the bottom, I mean, from where it was in February. I think it was mid-February of 2020. We were kind of up, got hit in the nose by the pandemic. By the end of March, we were down 35%. And then for the uh, for the entire year, we ended up up sixteen percent. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, rough rough ride. Then yeah. you come into twenty twenty one, smooth man, very smooth. And if and if you're new to investing or you haven't been paying attention until the meme stocks came in or or whatnot, you probably haven't felt the volatility that we're experiencing now. But this type of volatility that we're experiencing in early twenty twenty two is quite normal and it is quite healthy isn't it yeah 100 percent. so so here we are you know rough ride in 21 super duper smooth ride and i'm sorry rough ride in 20 
Smooth ride in 21. Yeah, a smooth ride to a 27, smooth, 27% return. Smooth 27%. Wow. Yeah. And then, bam, right up against the head, January, down 10%. That's correct. Down 10%. I believe the last week in January, we were deploying capital for clients. Yes, we were. And so, interestingly, uh, since that time, we're, you know, the market's down 6%. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a function of a couple things. And so, you know, I think before we get into the the kind of the why and all, I think I think we ought to talk about why is this a good thing? Why why is volatility a good thing and how can the listeners how can they benefit from that? Yeah, and it all comes with the psychology of money. You know, we don't like to experiencing these big downdrafts, but you know, one of the main positive things that comes out of volatility is it gives you a good entry point into the market. It's a great buying opportunity. And, and, you know, who, who knows if this is going to go up or down in the next coming days or weeks, but it's a much better buying opportunity than it was four weeks ago. Is it not? A hundred percent. And, you know, when you get volatility, all kinds of things get, get knocked down. Exactly. And this is, and we preach this to our 401k participants about the dollar cost averaging. And the reason why 401ks are so powerful is you're putting in the same amount of money every pay period that when you get into a moment like January of this year, you're buying things at a 10% off. I mean, if you go to the grocery store, I bet you look for sales, don't you? Well, your 401k is automatically doing that for you. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. So don't get nervous about it. See as an opportunity to buy stuff at cheaper, cheaper price. It's a huge opportunity. We were with somebody at lunch today who's with a, a, a mutual fund company, a wholesaler. And I can't remember the exact stats, but one of his buddies had gone back and tested if you'd put a dollar every day into the market since the Great Depression, just like $1. $1 each day. It, it, it was a humongous mm-hmm. gain that ended up resulting. And part of that's because the economy expanded, but part of it's because the, there was this concept of dollar cost averaging. And so, you know, volatility is your friend. And, you know, for those of you who still are unfamiliar with dollar cost averaging, it is, it is simply the greatest investing tool that's ever been invented. And the concept is you put in the same amount on a set schedule. And guess what? Some days you get to buy more shares because the price is down. Other days, you buy fewer shares because the price is up, and you don't really pay attention to the price you're paying. You pay attention to the amount of money you're investing. And that's why volatility is a great thing, because some days you're going to get it cheap, and some days you're going to pay more. It is the single greatest saving strategy that was ever invented. You're exactly right. And it it plays to the psychology of an investor so, so well. They just don't know it's working behind the scenes. Do you remember a guy... um, I'm I'm older than you. You I are. I think people know. Much older. Um, much older. And uh, there was a guy named Alan Greenspan. Heard Some of the folks on this uh, podcast will probably remember him. Others of you may not know who he is. But Alan Greenspan was really a pretty prolific Federal Reserve chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he really oversaw a tremendous expansion. And, and he coined this term when things, um, they got real frothy. Mm-hmm. And he was around during the beginning of the internet bubble. And he came up with this term. It's called irrational exuberance. 
Yeah. So, so, so how does this volatility help out with irrational exuberance, Dave? Well, it does just that. I mean, people get so euphoric when you have a downdraft of, in this case, in January, 10%, you know, it, it, it changes expectations. It, it, it makes it so people don't get overconfident and it weeds out the pretenders. And that's the key. It weeds out the pretenders and it sets resets expectations. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to put that uh, in in sports terms for a moment. I'm an Alabama fan. I'm an, an admitted Alabama University of Alabama football fan. Mm-hmm. Now, we got some Georgia dog listeners out there, and congrats on the natty. That was tremendous. You know, if every year you show up and you're like, you know, in the mix, you just kind of get complacent. And you get lazy a little bit. Get a little lazy. I'm not calling you lazy fan base, but you get yeah, a little get comfortable. A little you get a little comfortable. It's not like my Bengals going to the Super Bowl for the first time, basically in my lifetime. You're euphoric. I'm doing cartwheels down Peachtree. Of course. Absolutely. So, but the point on it is, is this complacency, complacency breeds some level of, you know, you just kind of take your eye off the ball, you get used to it. And so... The volatility serves a real, real, real valuable role mm-hmm. in shaking the tree, mm-hmm. like getting people to identify, hey, maybe this is overpriced, and then it, and then you go from that that end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum, which is there's tremendous value, which is why the dollar cost averaging fits in because Absolutely. we go from way overvalued to way undervalued, and that that's why the volatility. You know, a lot of people freak out about it. Well, we want to arm you with the emotional intelligence to get comfortable with that, embrace it, mm-hmm. use it as your friend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a powerful thing. We, I mean, Jay, we, we talk about this every day. In the fourth quarter, we were expecting some sort of pullback. Um, and it, we were not saying we were looking forward to it, but – we're, I'm happy it's here because it's a normal thing to happen. And we've gone so many years outside of the COVID pullback, which was massive. We haven't seen this in a long time. This is good to see finally. I just, before we switch over to the, the final sort of mm-hmm. part of this whole thing, Dave, I want to, I want to share with the folks that are listening what I, what I sort of employ in my own mindset. I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I, I've long believed that, the longer things are great, the more paranoid and concerned I become. Mm-hmm. And the longer things are kind of on the mat, the more optimistic I become. And and, and I, I feel like, you know, we've been through a lot. There's been a lot of ups and downs here over the last couple years, two years. We're coming up with a two-year yeah. anniversary of the, of the onset of COVID. And I, I'm optimistic. I think, I think we're rounding the corner. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I'm optimistic about that. And as you, as you know, so, so what you should keep your eye on is, is you know, we're in a transition period right now. Totally. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're getting comfortable with the volatility. Um, it, it was encouraged to see it. It looks like we're we've had a little bit of a rebound in the market in the last couple of days, which is good to see. But Jay, tell me a couple of the things quickly what what is causing the volatility i mean we know it's happening but what's causing it well i think for a lot of investors what's causing it is is uncertainty around certainty Mm -hmm. what do i mean by that we are certain that the federal reserve is going to raise interest rates 
That is a fact. Mm-hmm. What's uncertain is, are they way behind? Are they right on time? Or are they early? What does that mean? What it means is, if they're way behind, they may have to raise aggressively in a more compressed period of time. Mm-hmm. That uncertainty is what gives rise to the volatility in the market. So as the Fed comes out and says, hey, we had a meeting, we're going to raise rates in March, and then a rumor comes out that the Atlanta Fed chair thinks we're going to go a half a point rather than a quarter of a point, right. and then he has to come out and say, I'm not really for half a point. It's that gyration that creates volatility. Exactly. And do you mind if I just back up really quickly to right. six months ago when we were talking about inflation? Just so everybody can tie this together about some of our previous podcasts we've done. Inflation, I don't know if you're listening at home on the road on the way to work, but you probably noticed that goods have gotten much more expensive. And we predicted that last year. Well, that just essentially means that there's just too much money floating around in the economy that there's just so much dollars and so few products that are competing for those dollars, the prices are going up. So one of the tools that the Federal Reserve Bank has is to tighten the interest rates, which makes it so there's less money moving around the economy. And so to Jay's point, which is an excellent point, are they going to overshoot it? Are they going to be behind the eight ball? How are they going to thread this needle? And there's probably not a lot of confidence in that institution at the moment to get it right. And people get angst. And that's what the market's seeing. Well, the the only certain thing is if you're looking back at history, is the Fed generally will overshoot that. Mm -hmm. Here's what's good about that right now, where we are right now. When we we pivot from huge amounts of monetary and fiscal support to withdrawing that support, what gives rise to withdrawing that support in terms of raising the rates is that the economy is really strong. Where we get into trouble is when they overshoot. Mm-hmm. So today we were having a conversation, Dave, right, with one yep. of our new clients, a Ford dealership up in New Jersey. Yes. What did what did she say about the, her her inventory? I think she mentioned that uh, on a normal month, it's maybe you know in the hundreds of cars that are moved out of that lot, and I believe the dealership or the the manufacturer is only going to provide with fourteen cars. Yeah. Ford is going to provide this dealership that sells more than 150 cars a month. They're going to give her 14 cars to sell this month. So what do you think happens to the price of those cars? (laughs) Going to go up, right? Yeah, exactly. And and the impact on used cars. Yeah. So, So why I'm optimistic about that is, is that eventually the supply chain is going to resolve itself. As we move more to a more normalized situation, people get back to work, the pandemic moves further in the rearview mirror, that's going to create a supply rebalance, correct? That is correct. On the other side, the Fed is going to reduce demand by increasing interest rates, which takes money out of the economy. So why that's important is we're going to end up in a level of equilibrium. And so we're concerned about inflation now. We, we were very confident we were going to have strong inflation during the year. We've had Highs in inflation going all the way back to the early 1980s. We believe that as the year continues on, we're going to moderate in that area and that that this year should be a pretty good year. The question really becomes, you know, where where does this all end up really in 2023? So 
So, we've, Dave, we've talked about inflation. We've talked about the Federal Reserve. We've kind of talked about the impact of these things. So, so our, 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 our listeners out there probably want to know, okay, this is great. You've got me feeling good about how to deal with volatility. Mm-hmm. What should they be doing? What should they be thinking about right now? Where are the sectors, growth versus value, sectors, those types of things? No specific investment advice, but just sort of directionally, what should they be thinking about? No specific investment advice, and everybody you know, has their own fact pattern and can make their own investment decisions. But on a macro level, I'm just going to use this very simple old adage, everything reverts to the mean. And you know, COVID has changed a lot of our day-to-day lives and specifically the way we do business. And what we've seen coming out of the COVID pandemic is huge, huge investments into the technology and growth space. There's no doubt. You've heard of the FANG stocks, the Netflix, the Apple, Amazon, Facebook, or called Meta now. They have just had huge returns over the last several years. Well, if you use the old adage of everything reverts to the mean, well, what has been missing? What has been left behind? And those are the value stocks. And when I mean value stocks, I'm talking about stocks in the energy sector, the financial sector, the industrial sector. Those haven't been getting the love that the technology companies have gotten. So if you use that, that saying, revert to the mean, we expect to see a sector rotation from growth to value. And there are a few reasons for that, Jay. Yeah, well, you know, number one is uh, growth. Let's, let's look at the fundamentals of growth for the moment um, as, as we get towards wrapping up here. You know, growth are companies that, that are growing very, very fast. They have, they have cash flows are growing very quickly. And the way those companies are valued is they're based upon the discount rate on the future cash flows. And the discount rate is interest rates. Okay, so those companies garner a higher valuation because they're rapidly increasing their cash flow. Mm-hmm. And those future cash flows are discounted back using an interest rate. So what happens when the interest rate goes well, up the, on the, that? The, that did the, the, the future value of those discounted flat cash flows decline as the interest rates go up. Okay, And so just fundamentally, the valuations, when they get overstretched in a low-rate environment, that's why when rates start rising – things regress back to the mean. Now, on the other hand, you have these companies that haven't been going up as much because capital is flowing more to the growth sector and away from the value sector. As capital starts to not be as aggressively invested in the growth sector, it has to go somewhere else, and it seeks the best value. And Dave, why do companies that are in the financial sector, energy sector, industrials, material sector, why would they do well when interest rates start going back up? Well, when interest rates start going up, they have the price elasticity to to get in those gains, especially if you talk about the financial sector. The financial sector, how do banks make money? By lending money. What happens when the interest rate go up? The interest rate goes up that they charge, so they become more profitable. So they tend to do really quite well in rising rate environments. And so that bodes, you know, you mentioned a couple reasons why value does well. Yeah. That's another one. And, and on the energy side, I would say to you, it's really quite simple. If there is a lot of demand in the economy, mm-hmm. you have more manufacturing, 
Most manufacturers utilize natural gas. You have more trucking because you got to move materials around. That's a demand on energy, fuel, mm-hmm. oil. So that's why energy does well. Mm-hmm. And again, on the manufacturing side, we just said it, industrials and materials will do well. So what's interesting, we're sitting here, it's February 4th, the two positive sectors this year in the S&P 500, financials, energy. It's amazing. Everything, you know, that makes me feel good because it must mean things are working the way they're supposed to the work. The free market is working. It's working. It's working. So, you know, I think, Dave, you know, as we wrap up, there are a couple real quick things we want to leave our listeners with. It is, number one, volatility is an absolute fact. Mm-hmm. You're never going to avoid it. Therefore, get comfortable with with it when it gets here and use it to your advantage. Dave, anything else that you'd want to add before we wrap up? No, I like to think of it. I'm a fan, fan of flying, and so I like this. You know, I think about it all the time. The volatility in the stock market is no different than the turbulence you feel on a plane. People get nervous about it. People don't like it. Some people get sick from it. But the pilots up there who know what's going on behind the scenes, they're just kind of mad that their coffee spilled. (laughs) So think like a pilot and and take that methodology uh, and thought process behind it because it's a good thing. It's a normal thing. And embrace it. Absolutely. Well, listen, everybody, thanks for joining us this afternoon. We hope you found this useful. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And by all means, please let your family and your friends and your associates know about our podcast. If you have any questions, give us a buzz. Have a great weekend.